my very handsome co-host, Owen, Domination7Dom. Owen, how are you doing? I'm well, man. Uh, it's been a little bit of a hectic week with uh, the kitchen getting remodeled. The entire family's basically in the basement at all times, so you might hear a little bit of can hear uh, some family in the background. Nice, but uh, nice. sometimes it happens, you know, these things happen, and I'm excited to record another episode, man. Of course, of course. And, you know, life uh, finds a way. So, uh, of course, as I said, that is Owen Dom, found at twitch.tv slash domination7. Of course, I am Truman Steen found at twitch.tv slash steam machine twitter by the same handle and i think you find owen on twitter by the same handle as domination seven we are the tandem that makes up dom that's true and you know so there was a game last weekend there was full disclosure me and owen are both chiefs fans i don't know if if, if this is episode 20 if you haven't listened to any other episode before this point one go back and definitely listen to all the other episodes for sure Two, if there's one thing you should know, is that we are Chiefs fans. We try to keep it pretty unbiased, per se, but we're pretty biased towards the Chiefs. And we're and we're not silly to say that. I mean, we're not, you know, we're not, we're not uh, dishonest with ourselves. We know, we know that that's the truth. But the thing that happened this, this weekend <laughs> that could have a slightly big effect on... Ah, uh, small. <laughs> On this upcoming weekend, is Pat is Patrick Mahomes left the game with? Uh, who knows at this point? The Chiefs are being weird and not the Chiefs' whole organization is staying away from using the word concussion. Uh, there's varying reports on whether it was like a neck nerve issue or there's something that he answered all questions except for one correct, and that's why he's in concussion protocol right now and stuff like that. So there's a lot of did you see Weird the information on that? The what? Did you see the uh, the meme on that? The, oh the yeah, one question he got wrong. Yeah, it was like, "What's yeah, the down? Any down, any distance <laughs> doesn't doesn't matter." Yeah, <laughs> but uh, so I guess we're gonna have to talk about what happens if Mahomes doesn't play. It's a nightmare scenario for the Chiefs, but Is it's it the it's the big question. Yes, yes, yes. It is a night. It, Sorry, is there a worse thing that could happen to the Chiefs than Mahomes not playing this weekend? Okay, yes. Don't ever say. Dumb I mean, don't. Like yeah, that. I mean, Obviously, yes. yes. Right. Within reason. Within football things. Uh, t- no. It, within football general reason, probably not. Okay. So the big question that I think I'll ask, I'll, I'll ask it to start off the, the show here, and I think everybody in Kansas City is asking themselves this question this week: Is what is the percentage chance that the Chiefs can win? If they are without Mahomes, sixty percent, sixty percent, which is odd because I actually put forty percent. That's so that's kind of funny. We add up to one hundred percent, but so why, why uh, do you say Sherman, do you remember? Do you remember how many times Mahomes threw the ball last time we played the Bills? Not a lot. It was. It wasn't a lot. It was. It was his least. I his either least amount of attempts this season or second least. I just. I believe saw it was twenty-two or twenty times. Right. Right. If I remember correctly. No. Yeah. It's. I'll, I'll check it. I'll check it. Go on with your point. Go on with All your right. point. So do you know who we can reliably ask to throw the ball 20 times for short yardage, gain around 180 yards, and probably go, you know, I don't know, 14 for 20? The backup quarterback, Chad Henney. Yes. Do you but... know what two very important pieces are returning to the Chiefs in all likelihood this coming weekend for the game? 
how likely it is is always a question. You never know. With the, the running back that torched yes. him for 160. Right. But again, you got it. Saying those things is kind of is kind of silly if you don't if if we don't look at the context, right? But you also context is important. Last weekend, you should look at the context of last weekend. Gus Edwards ran for nine yards a carry. Okay. They couldn't they couldn't run the ball because they got down early, and then the Ravens lost because of the Ravens. They They didn't. They didn't get down early. They didn't get down early. Buffalo got bailed out again. If you watch the game, it was three three for most of the game. It was awful. It was an awful game but to watch. Buffalo were, scored, and then the Ravens went down to the red zone, and then they threw a 106-yard pick six. Oh, yeah, that's right. Which, that's right. Tur- which turned that to being a 10-10 game to a 17-10, to a 17-3 game. And then they were dead in the water, essentially. But that that that's ammo for my fire. The Bills didn't even look good against the Ravens, and they got run all over. The Ravens might have won, should have won that game. The Ravens are... There is there is big differences here. Here's the issue with your point, is is yes the Bills are bad at a run defense, right? Yeah. If Chad Henney plays, you do you remember the reason why Pat Mahomes threw the ball the least amount of times and why they didn't throw the ball and why Clyde Edward ran so well? Well, yeah, I I understand that it was a rainy day. No, no, it was because they they backed up their secondary, so they couldn't beat him with the deep ball. They played so far back it wasn't even close. So that's that's what happened. True. So they said, you know what? If you're gonna if you're gonna give us everything short, and you're gonna and you're gonna put three in the box and make and put uh, eight into coverage, then we're just gonna run the fuck out of the ball. And that's what they did. It wasn't it wasn't an incredible. It wasn't because the Buffalo run defense is bad. I mean, it is because it was also bad. But it but run defense is also if you put eight in the box, it's a lot easier. Run defense depends on a lot like that. The reason that Gus Edwards ran all over him is because they have to worry about Lamar Jackson running all over him. That's true. That's true. Also, and that's a good point by Adam in the chat, Milano wasn't in. The The Bills linebacker, they haven't lost when Milano's in the lineup, which is a fairly significant uh, missing piece, especially when you're talking about running the ball if you're without Mahomes. Have so, the Chiefs lost with Sammy Watkins in this year? I don't know. Sammy Watkins played, what, six games this year? <laughs> I don't know. Did he play the Raiders game? I don't know. Did he? Probably. Quick, right. Actually, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go and do a quick little, little all right. search here. All right. So the reason I said forty percent because because if it wasn't for Andy Reid, this would be ten percent. But me and my roommate talked about it this weekend. Is that any all the great quarterbacks? It's always is is the quarterback great or is the system great? And of course, the answer is always kind of both right we look at how good Aaron Rodgers has been he's been uh he wasted I don't know all of his career except for the one Super Bowl because he was in a terrible system with Mike McCarthy and now he's poised to go back to the Super Bowl in his first second sorry second year with the head coach after they went to the NFC championship game last season as well and then right but they had a week they had like a the NFC was super weak except for basically the Packers and the and the the Niners and the right. Packers admittedly did get kind of lucky with the way the bracket fell for him to make the championship game last year. Right. But that being said, um, I mean, you're right, Truman. Uh, right. It, it's, it's always been both. We've seen Rogers put up insane numbers, but if, if a coach isn't there to make the good calls and good challenges and call good timeouts and create a system of winning and get winning players in there, it the Rogers has shown us that right. it has to be both or you don't win. 
Right. You can win your division, fine. But sure. the coach is what takes you from winning your division to winning your conference and winning the Super Bowl. Yes, yes, for sure, for sure. And that's and that's why I'm not as scared if we have Andy Reid because a lot of the Chiefs offense honestly is and it's always it's always a big buzzword and people always hate when you say this about the Chiefs offense. But at times it can get a little gimmicky. And oh, which is fine. And, and but but the thing about the Chiefs offense is it isn't one gimmick. It the gimmick is Andy Reid can draw up amazing plays that you don't even think of that puts you in bad situations every time. Uh, i.e. fourth and one or fourth and inches, you run the you run the outside vert. They said they had they had multiple plays drawn up and they were like, we love this right here, right now. And they they motioned the guy, right. they saw he's in man coverage, it was it was over. And that's all Andy Reid. That's you know, Chad Henney Chad Henney made a good throw. Had to roll out a bit, throw that outside that that ten yard that three five yard out, you know, that yep. makes in, makes or breaks NFL quarterbacks. But and that's a and that but that's a route that Jordan Tiamu can make. That's a route that uh, Ryan Finley can make. That Nathan Peterman can make. That's you know, a, a, right? A two two steps to the right bootleg and right. toss to the flat. If right. you're in the NFL quarter, you should be able to make that throw. And that's that's why Andy Reid is so brilliant. Right? Is that he True. makes it so that it's like it's like Pat McAfee's play if Palomalu wouldn't have lined up in that gap. Palomalu, like yeah. right? A hundred percenter. That play is a hundred percent of her fourth and inches. Right. But and we'd that's be, just the genius of Andy Reid. But we'd still be foolish to think that everything's gonna be all right. I think I think with Chad Henney, I think this game is a how about let's call it right down the center, huh? Let's call it a coin flip if Chad Henney's. Can you in. imagine saying that though? Is there any other team in the league that you can, if they're starting quarterbacks out, you can call any game that you're about to play? This is the toughest team in the AFC. We've said this probably all year that this is the this would be this is the best team that's not the Chiefs. In the AFC, yeah. Is there any team that we've watched in recent memory that you look at the team and go, "Yeah, their backup quarterback's about to play." Yeah, I'll give them a 50-50 shot at winning. A lot of those Patriots teams, probably. The Rams. Okay, yeah. I the guess. Rams are a good example there. Jared Goff isn't anything special, and Sean McVay hasn't. Again, both incredible coached systems and things like that. That's but, fair. That's fair. Uh, I kind of felt that way about the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think if Big Ben doesn't play this year, I think if you have Mason Rudolph or uh, Josh Dobbs in there, I think you're probably fine. Eagles. Eagles is a good example. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the team that, you know, won the Super Bowl with the backup quarterback. Yeah, for sure. Again, a great coach team. Or I guess I thought he was a great coach team, and then they fired him. I don't know. This is so stupid. <laughs> um, but I don't need, we don't need to talk about it. We talked about it last week. I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm still upset that they fired Doug Peterson. That's so dumb. Um, right. But yeah, so I'd call it about a coin flip. And I think Chiefs fans also, I think everything we're seeing from social media. And of course you can never say, Oh yeah, I, I feel good about a concussion. We won't really know until he plays until, he, until we see how much he practices tomorrow. Cause hopefully he practices in some limited capacity tomorrow. If he's totally out tomorrow, that is concern. If right. he practices limited tomorrow, you hope he's limited on Thursday and you hope he's probably limited on Friday. He's probably not getting to full practice this week and that is fine. Unless that's part of protocol, I'm not totally sure. Yeah. You'll yeah. see three like limited it. practices and they'll be and they'll be tongue in cheek about it all week and then Mahomes will play. But if you see him miss a practice, you get more worried about it for sure. 
Right, because in Wednesday is historically in the NFL a really good indicator of whether or not you're going to play. So, right. like, for example, we were nervous about Mike Remmers and some of the offensive linemen playing, but they all practiced in limited capacity on Wednesday. Last week, Clyde Edwards-Alaire and Sam Watkins did not practice. Right. I put, I put that tweet out right when it came out. When the line dropped, or when the line first came out, it was minus one Chiefs. And that, because everybody thought Chad Henney was going to be playing. I told, I told people, I said, get on the minus one right now. That line has already got pushed to minus two and a half. And still, you could buy the Chiefs. At, you could probably get wow. the Chiefs at minus, as minus 150 favorites at two and a half, I think is what it was. And I'm telling you, if Mahomes, if, if they do any amount of confirming Mahomes is going to play, that mm-hmm. line could jump up to minus six. Or minus seven mm-hmm. and a half, and mm-hmm. you could you could probably bet the you could probably end up betting the Bills at plus two hundred, plus two fifty. I think guaranteed, it's at, neg- at minus five. Personally. Guaranteed, guaranteed profit. Yeah, I'm just I'm, I, I like to I like to throw in a little bit of gambling knowledge, I'll just give you give you a little something to watch out for there on the betting scene, as the lines are probably going to change a bit. But yeah, so. But that being said, all things that people have been said or that have been leaked and stuff like that would point towards that Mahomes is is going to play. So there is. Somebody said they spotted him driving his Ferrari down Metcalf. They was, yeah. There was guys that we talked about. He missed one question during the, you know, none of this is confirmed, of course. And there's, right. you know, Jay Glazer saying that it's like he got choked out because he had a, he had a neck stun. And, and the Chiefs are avoiding saying concussion at all. And it's just a weird, it's a weird deal going on with the Chiefs that's a lot of smoke and mirrors. For but, me, that is what kind of, I. that's why I think he's going to play. And that's also why I thought he was going to, maybe even return to the game because they avoided saying concussion. And when you look at that replay, I mean, yeah, he like nods his head really hard, but if, if you can get concussed from that, then what stops, you know, rock fans from concussing themselves at rock concerts? Well, we, so (laughs) in football, you learn that like we were always taught that what it is, is it's not necessarily a hit to the brain. It's more honestly your neck. Like if you have a strong neck, you can, there, there is a myth or there is we we would learn that we would make we'd have to do neck neck exercise neck exercises neck exercises to uh, strengthen your neck because that could prevent concussions because you're not snapping your head back as much because it's not about because it's what it is is it's your brain slamming into the side of your skull it's not necessarily something slamming into your brain so if you can right, have a strong right. neck or whatever so twist that to be said all that to say that twisting the neck can still slam a slam a brain around in that in that noggin up there right. But and I like, know yeah, Patrick Mahomes' brain is, is like, humongous, so you know it probably fills yeah, out a crazy. lot of his skull. Yeah. So. Yeah. But yeah, it's the it's your brain, it's your skull stopping, and your brain whacking your skull in whatever way. Right. But yeah, so I would call it. I think I think certified Dom. That's true. Take is it's about a coin flip if Mahomes doesn't play, but we probably all believe that Mahomes is going to play. Yeah. All right, moving on. Oh, hey, real quick, before we move on, uh, oh, oh. what's your percentage win if uh, Mahomes plays? We'll talk about dude, it. We'll talk about predictions. I'm going to be honest, but... bro. I'm, a, I'm, a, like a, I'm a, like an 85. I was, about say, I, was, I was about a 70 to an 80% for sure. Dude, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty high on the Chiefs if Mahomes plays. Yeah. I, the I, defense, don't think, I think the defense looked fantastic last week. And I just don't think Devin Singletary is good enough to, to over Devil Singletary. I don't think Singletary and Moss are good enough to beat the Chiefs. I don't. I also have some interesting stats about the defense that we can talk about here. All right, sweet. Two questions from now. But All right, let's get it. First, we need to talk about it. We need to talk about what every Cleveland Brown fan in America is talking about right now. And it's the other big storyline from this game. 
Obviously, it was the biggest swing of the game and things like that. But, Owen, how mad should Cleveland Browns fans be about that hit from Dirty Dan? And how mad well, should they be that his name is, is Dirty Dan? So, so I'll, I'll admit, they should be mad. Right. But not at Dirty Dan. They should be mad at their scrub wide receiver Higgins for fumbling the ball. That's who they should be mad at. If, if one hit from a 180, 511 safety is, is going to dislodge the ball, maybe you shouldn't be reaching for it, home slice. Maybe just take, that, uh, take it out of bounds there. They, that is a hit that happens every single play. By the way, Truman, did you know that the Minneapolis miracle happened because Marshawn Lattimore tried to do a hit like Dirty Dan? Head, head straight <clears throat> down. Diggs jumped over him because his head was straight down. That's, that's how safe. That's that's, that's not the way they coach that's, it. I, that's I understand. Different. You know that that's different, that's different because he was yeah, trying to take out his legs. He's not. Right. He's not. We at no point did Dirty Dan think he was launching into legs. <laughs> sure, but that's right. how okay. safety. That's how we see all these safeties tackle. We see we, a lot of them. We see Tyron Matthew. We see a Tyron Matthew tackle like this. Tyron Matthew wrapped up fairly well this weekend. Wrapped up on right, that third but, and nine, didn't he? But yeah, he. Oh no, he no. So that was that was Tarverius Ward. I'm what? telling you, this mm-hmm. this DBs this that that's how they hit. And besides, it was it wasn't even in the helmet. It was on his shoulder. And by the way, helmets take up space, so it, his helmet hit his helmet. But it wasn't. I mean, that picture helmet, that you're seeing that's going around helmet to helmet though. That that picture that you see going around is really disingenuous of the, what the hit actually happened. If you if you take away that one frame that Browns fans like to share, and put three frames on either side of that frame. It doesn't look dirty at all. So, so I think they should be upset, but not about the actual hit. Somebody in the chat said he put all all 180 pounds into that guy's head. <laughs> all of them, yeah, all of them, bro. Launched, absolutely launched. Um, yeah. So I will preface this with: if there's Browns fans tuning in specifically to this podcast on a Tuesday night from a podcast that averages you know eight live viewers or six live viewers or whatever it is. And you're really you're really tuned in to really listen to what we have to say about this. I'm gonna preface it that this will not be a totally unbiased look. We we are giving our best to look at it from an outsider perspective, but at the end of the day, we we are Chiefs fans and we're gonna be looking at it as oh, mad cause bad, mad cause bad. And it's and 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 but but out of all fans that understand these kind of things and being mad about them. Probably Chiefs fans. It's probably us. That's you why. Know, yeah. Th- we Shouldn't there's tweets been seeing all the there's all the tweets Chiefs going fans on. just absolutely laughing about people saying like the the refs rig games for us and just how funny that is as Chiefs fans. It's insane. It's it's well it, it's and I think I'm gonna use my pop culture minute on this also. But it's it's funny because uh they all went from the Patriots get all the calls to now the Chiefs get all the calls and you know. And when it's you, when it's your team that everybody suddenly turned on and says that the refs call everything, which feels not true, you're like, oh, maybe NFL fans just complain about the refs. And then they, th- when good teams get lucky, they blame the refs. And you're like, oh, interesting. Hmm. Maybe. I can't think of a time so that this season. I can't think of a time this season that Chiefs fans blame the refs for a loss. Oh, except for the Raiders game when we all said uh, Arnett hit Tyreek Hill early. I remember I did that. Oh, I, I didn't. I I, I I totally did, bro. I did. No, we absolutely. <laughs> I we, did. I did. Oh, we absolutely blew that game. Mahomes, Mahomes threw an interception to go down sixteen with 
th- three minutes left. Yeah, that wasn't great. And they still almost won, which is insane. That's All true. they had to get was a stop. But that to be said, if anybody's if anybody's here for you, it's Chiefs fans, bud. There was the Ford Progress call in Tennessee. That was a call that doesn't even exist, by the way. What do you mean? That's not a real rule. Forward There's progress no rule about a... forward progress on a fumble. <laughs> well, if they call forward progress, then you can't fumble. Well, exactly, but there was no. Right, he wasn't. St- right, we all agree that we all agree that he wasn't <laughs> stopped. He was never held up. Obviously, Derek Johnson launched into him and he fumbled the ball immediately. There was no wrapping up and holding up that there was constitutes a as forward progress tackle. stuff. Just a perfect tackle. Right, but once forward, I still but, remember that. But, but the thing about forward progress is it's not reviewable, and it certainly is a rule that if they call forward progress, then they don't have to review it. Oh, that's not that's not what I'm, I know. I understand there's a rule, but like that was not the correct interpretation of that rule by any means. And that referee I mean, retired after that game. I mean, that was the correct representation. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It was his last. But you know. But at the end of the day, there was also the Mariota self pass, which the Chiefs couldn't stop. They could have picked yeah. off in the end zone. Instead, they swat it to Mariota, and then they didn't yeah. tackle Marcus Mariota. And I think that was on fourth fourth and goal. Uh, yeah, was- the offense wasn't productive. They went up 22 and 22 to zero, and then lost. And and we're all and we're all very upset about it. And there was other things, you know. And then Chiefs fans will tell you that, oh, well, we knocked it out on the two point conversion. Also, mm, no, he was down. And or right. or oh, well, he fumbled it. Oh, he fumbled it at the end of the game when we ran it back. Mm, no, he was down. But like they're like the refs screwed us out of that one. But no, the Chiefs' offense not scoring anymore after going top twenty two to zero, and the defense letting it slip away is what happened. Right. I mean, obviously, if if. You know, if the Chiefs get the stop there, the Titans don't score before the half. The Chiefs get another opportunity to score before the half. Maybe we're looking at 30 to thirty to 0 or 30 to 7 or whatever it was at that point. But again, if some butts can't eat nuts, we all have a Merry Christmas. Well, the but, best one, Truman, in my mind, thinking back on it, is the uh, D Ford offside. D Ford like, offside? Exactly. Technic- technically, yes, the game would have been over. But also, the game would have been over if you would have scored any number of points other than zero in the first half. Right, or if or if you stopped, or or what I remember it for is that on that on that drive in overtime where they scored on, I think the Chiefs got them to third down like four or five times and couldn't yep. and couldn't stop them. Yep. And it, and then they were like, well, if D Ford was an offsides, yeah, for sure. But also, as Chiefs fans, every time anytime somebody's offsides and the Mahomes throws a pick. And then this has been a big thing about <laughs> dropped interceptions or whatever. We go, yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't fucking matter. At the end of the day, D Ford was offsides immediately. They threw that flag immediately. Brady knew it was offsides. I don't know if it matters whether right. you know whether or not there was an interception thrown. Because as Chiefs fans, we've all decided that throwing interceptions when there's offsides doesn't matter. So that's true. Yeah, but yeah, for me, it's the it's the third down conversions on that final drive that everybody forgets. And it's like, yeah, the defense got into third down a lot. And then couldn't fucking stop him. Uh, yep. Yep. And of course, there there's the Eric Fisher holding against the Steelers when they were oh, that was when they were going to tie it up. But also, the Steelers won that game by kicking six field goals, or was it? No, it's five field goals, right? No, six. 18. 18, 18 points. It was six field goals, and the Chiefs couldn't beat them. If you can't beat a team that kicks six field goals and scores no touchdowns, you deserve to lose because it means you got the ball six times, and all you had to do was score twice and then kick a field goal. <laughs> I just, it blows my mind. I mean, and so you deserve to lose. Whether that, whether or not that was a hold, 
guess what? You shouldn't have been in that situation. Having to get a two-point conversion with three with three seconds left on the clock with an offensive, offensive guru that is Andy Reid. So, yeah, we're going to loop it back around. Browns fans, if you don't want to lose the game, don't fumble. Right. And you got and you got granted the greatest gift that anybody that anybody could give you when you play the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes went out. You didn't have to play Patrick Mahomes. And if Patrick Mahomes stays in, you get your ass fucking handed to you. Ch- Chad Henney threw an interception on first and twenty-five when we were dinking and dunking for twelve yards a slant. Right. You guys had you guys had the ball with fu- with a five with a five point deficit and I don't know ten minutes on the clock, and the defense shut you down. And then you guys, and then we shut you down again, and you punted with four minutes left. And and again, everybody's everybody's criticizing him for punting on fourth down there, but it's fourth and nine, and it I is Chad Henney on the other side. I think you do punt it there. And second string right tackle against Miles Garrett, by the way. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. So Bills fans, uh, Browns fans, I'm sorry. You just can't be mad. It's, you can stop posting that picture. We don't care. Nobody cares, Browns fans. We've all had games taken from us. Maybe, you know, maybe it's a sign of, of better things to come. And but, besides, you already won your Super Bowl. And all, well, that's not true. And all, oh, the oh, against the Steelers, against the Steelers. Yeah, that was <laughs> their Super Bowl. But also, if that ball isn't fumbled out of the back of the end zone, nobody says anything about the hit. If they just go hard and he knocks them out at the half yard line, nothing happens. Nobody says anything. <laughs> Literally, it wouldn't have been a news story. A non-news story if that guy doesn't fumble it out. And it wasn't like they knocked him unconscious. It's just... <laughs> it kind of looked some, like he was going to fumble anyway. Right. And, and somebody did point out that the greatest tra- travesty of this is that the Browns... Is ra- ra- it robs us of Browns to the Super Bowl memes. And that, that is kind of funny. I always always like to take the Browns to the Super Bowl. Very funny. But, yeah, so, Browns fans, we don't care. We really, if anybody's going to care for you, it's the Chiefs, it's Chiefs fans who have had these calls go against them. Yep. We don't care. Sorry, man. And it wasn't, it wasn't a Vontez burf, burf, perfect? Yep, perfect. Perfect hit, you know, and stuff like that. It's just. You're, this is also from the team that swings helmets at people. And right. he's still playing in the league, by the way. So Right, right. Right, I literally talked about this yesterday. Where somebody was like, I don't, or somebody commented on Twitter and said, I don't understand why. It's surprising how low of baseball fights we see where the guy brings the bat. And I'm like, yeah, it's because that we all kind of agree not to bring the deadly weapons. That when we fight, like on a on a field or in sports, right. it's like we all agree not to bring those weapons. And Miles Garrett broke that rule. The rule of a football fight is that you don't do things like that. And he you did. don't kick people with your cleats. You don't. Right. You don't hit people with helmets. Right. There are lines to cross. You know, shoving, punching someone in the helmet, taking someone's helmet off and punching them in the face. Also fun. I love also a good fun. Pac-Man Jones. But yeah, I got good hockey fight for you. Good hockey. Yeah. But yeah, and hockey players Sorry, don't bring guys. the sticks exactly. So yeah, all that to be said, Browns fans, we don't care, and. And nobody's gonna care in a week, and you'll you'll complain about it for a whole year, and nobody will care. Uh, but let's move on. We've said enough about the Browns. Um, let's move on to this next matchup, and we're gonna give our full prediction for it here in about ten to twenty minutes. Uh, but Owen, 
Can you walk me through some of the keys for this uh, week's matchup against the Bills? Yeah, okay, so I'm going to go from the Chiefs' uh, perspective first and then go from the Bills' perspective, what each team has to do to win. So Mm -hmm. what the Chiefs have to do to win, don't turn over the ball. Chiefs have been really good at not turning over the ball, and when they win the turnover battle, they win the game. I believe they still managed to win the – they did win the turnover battle against the Browns um, because the Browns had the fumble and the pick – and the Chiefs only had the pick. So that's another game that you can chalk up to the Chiefs who are winning when they have the turnover advantage. That's a key for the Chiefs, and they've shown to take advantage of that. Mm-hmm. Two, you got to be able to run the ball. Um, whether or not Chad Henney's back, uh, the Bills have shown that they are weak to play action, and especially when the run game is established, uh, they're not exactly the best run defense. So that's another key for the Chiefs. Um, for the Bills, uh, you got to score a bunch of points. You can't have any drops. Uh, drop passes are going to kill you against the Chiefs, and that's we've seen that. Um, and you've got to avoid Tyron Matthew. Uh, Tyron Matthew's the best. Honestly, if Mahomes is out, I would say Tyron Matthew's the best player in the matchup between these two teams. He's yeah. you know playing like a top five player in the league right now. Honestly. Yeah. So, no, don't drop the ball, don't turn over the ball, and uh, avoid Tyron Matthew, and that's. If the Bills manage to do that, they might win the game. But if Mahomes is in, I don't think they have a chance. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. For the Chiefs, it's you know it's having Mahomes. Honestly, obviously Milano being back for the Bills is going to be huge for them against the run game, things like and things like that. Where if Milano's in there, then they then it frees up more for their passing defense and things things of that nature. But at the end of the day, the key for the Chiefs, if you have Mahomes, you win. Absolutely, I. I don't see how what what this has really exposed to everybody is that it's a really it's a really easy narrative week for everybody because everybody gets to say well nobody has to actually say I think the Bills are going to beat the Chiefs because what they get to say is well if they don't have Mahomes I think the Bills beat the Chiefs and if they do have Mahomes then I think the Bills lose to the Chiefs it's a very easy week for that take and that'll be the take from me and Owen probably I mean but only but only somewhat we said it's a like. Most people will say, absolutely, it's a loss for the Chiefs if, if Chad Henney plays and they just have a really good shot if Mahomes plays. But we'll say it the other way. It's uh, yeah. pretty much a guaranteed thing if Mahomes plays. If Henney plays, then it's a toss-up. Yeah, uh, I, honestly, I really think no. that I really think that uh, Chad Henney is good enough to beat the Bills. I think that, that what we saw in the Chargers game um, and what we saw last weekend – is that Chad Henney practices. He's not your stereotypical backup quarterback. He right. legitimately, and this is what Chiefs players have been saying, if you, you can check all the Chiefs uh, media availability, they've all been saying like Chad Henney always practices like that. Right. And if that's the case, then it's no wonder that Chad Henney was kept on this team um, over Matt Moore. It's no wonder, because the, apparently the dude's an animal and practices like he's a, still a starter. And if that's the case, then I think the Chiefs have a pretty good shot of winning the game. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think he's knocked off some rust. I think he'd only have to show up for one game. I think a lot of that is like, like I think if Chad Henney at his age had to have played 16 or 17 games and then has to think about running it on third and 15 there, or yeah, third and 15, if he has to think about making Henney's mad dash there, I think if he's playing the 17-game season, this is week six, I think he doesn't do that. I think he slides two yards short and they end up punting the ball. But because he only has to play one more game, maybe, 
I think he absolutely was like, fuck it, I'll put my whole body on the line. And, you know, why not, dude? This is your whole season, literally. There's literally, if you do this, you might get to play next week, and then you'll, but then even then, you probably only got to play one game if you play. If you don't do this, the season's over. So, and, and I also just think, uh, adding on that, Truman, I think it's really ironic that a guy that has was a consistent starter back when he was a younger player uh, had several starts for other teams is now going to be remembered as a Chiefs flair because of one play in the playoff. Well, same with Matt Moore. I think I think everybody will remember Matt Moore as a Chiefs legend. You know, help them get the uh, two seed, help I, them get the bye. I actually remember Matt Moore for a different reason. Uh, remember 2017, the last time the Dolphins were in the playoffs? Sure. Uh, Matt Moore got hit the hardest I've ever seen anybody get hit when he started that game for the Dolphins because Tannehill was out. Yeah. Uh, if you haven't seen that hit, just look up. Matt Moore hit 2017 playoffs. Uh, it was the he got knocked out, Truman. It Jesus. is the hardest I've ever seen anybody get hit. That, that is how I will always remember Matt Moore. Unfortunately for him, the hardest I've ever seen somebody get hit was either that game where the Nebraska guy blocked. I think it was like an I like a Ohio State or an Iowa State guy or, or an Iowa guy a player or something like that. It was a it was an absolutely devastating blindside block on a on a on a punt return. It was either that. Or the time that, oh God, oh what was his fucking name? The linebacker from Miami didn't let up when Flacco was going to the ground, and just laid Flacco out and knocked Flacco's helmet off. And Flacco came up with the one hand like check please. Did not know where he fucking was. That's the hardest I've ever oh, seen yeah, anybody get I, hit. I remember that. I didn't watch that game though, so. Really? I was just going off of games that I've watched. <laughs> oh yeah, you should go watch that that Joe Flacco hit. It was insane. All right, I'll, all right, I'll we'll watch, watch that one. You, you we'll go watch, watch that Matt Moore hit. Right, right. Last week, last week after the podcast, we we asked everybody to stick around while we watched Gridiron Heights, and then we played other games. This week, we'll each we'll watch those insane football hits, and then we'll and and then we'll move on to games. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. So, it's just. Yeah, I think I think at the end of the day, I think if if you have Mahomes, I think you win. If you don't have Mahomes, I think you lose. I mean, I think you have a worse chance, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, it's I, not I, a guaranteed. She, it's not guaranteed either way. But I think they're about the same. I think it's about a seventy percent right. chance if you have Mahomes. If you don't have Mahomes, thirty to forty percent. Sixty to seventy with Mahomes. Thirty to forty with Haney. Yeah, and I think Chiefs fans are super confident, so we're always going to give our team a chance. Right. But yeah, I agree. And. Here's the thing about the defense, I, and, I, and the run defense is going to have to show up because the run defense actually this season, when they're up two scores, this is actually a fun fun statistic. When they're up two scores, the run defense averages uh, f- allowing 5.83 yards per rush. That's awful. But when, they're, but when they're down to only one score, or they're losing, or they're tied, they only allow 4.1 yards per carry. Again, <laughs> not great. But against the Browns this week, and and you and I'll say this down, you'll go, you know what? I fucking believe it. Against the Browns this week, when they were up two plus scores, they were allowing six point two seven yards per carry. Yeah. Right. When they were only one score or tied, one point eight eight. Holy shit! And that that's, makes sense because that's be, crazy. Because like we said, we threw the interception. Browns, you have the ball with five, with five with you're down five with ten minutes left. What happened? This is where everybody said that the Browns were going to beat the shit out of the Chiefs. Was 
And, th- and and we talked about this. I said, this is not the way that you actually beat the Chiefs. The way that everybody's saying you beat the Chiefs, that's not how you beat the Chiefs. Because what did the Browns go to do? They went to go run the ball down the, down the Chiefs' throat like everybody said they would and control the time possession and run out the clock. And they didn't do jack shit. They lost. Their offense couldn't they move the ball. They found Matthew exists. Because he that's not how you beat animal. the Chiefs. Yeah, that's not how you beat Tyron the Chiefs. Matthew was crazy. That yeah, you, you should play like you're down 14 every time. Always. And, yeah. <laughs> but, all right. So, with that being said, we'll do our official prediction of the game here in about 5 to 10 minutes. Before that, I do want to talk uh, about the rest of the NFL. And even though we are sort of talking about the rest of the NFL, I guess we're Uh, yeah, sorry guys. Any, any amount that we talk about right now, because there's only four teams left is probably going to be the chiefs. Uh, so I just, I want you to, I want you to understand that. I want you to know that. Uh, so what we're going to talk about now is the chiefs offensive coordinator, Eric B Eric B uh, hasn't got hired yet. I don't know if you've noticed. I don't know if anyone on Twitter has noticed or anything. Uh, there seems to I be actually have a couple of theories about this. Truman. Interesting. Okay. 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 But my question before before we get into the theories, my question for you is that it looks like Eric Bieniemy's last shot because it looks like Josh McDaniels is probably going to be the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. That's what a lot of people are saying right now. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, they did interview Kafka, they did interview Bieniemy. Don't lock out the Eagles yet, but a lot of people are thinking that it's going to be Josh McDaniels. And we've had that happen before with Josh McDaniels, where everything's pretty much signed, and then Josh McDaniels says, "No, I want to stay with Belichick," which is fair. I appreciate that. I accept it. Uh, I respect it. Um, but it looks like Eric Bainemy's last shot is going to be to be the head coach of the Houston Texans. It looks like that's his last opportunity yep. this cycle. And if you're Eric Bainemy, do you do you take that job? Do you go for it? No, 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 no. You, no. And I and I and I saw something uh, a couple weeks ago that might have been a quote from Eric Bainemy. Uh, I mean, not a quote, but it may have just been you know so NFL meme page you know on Twitter blowing smoke sure. out the ears. But they, it was said that reportedly that Eric Bieniemy wants nothing to do with the job, and I think that makes sense. And I also don't think the Jets' job makes sense for Eric Bieniemy. I don't think any of the jobs available really make sense for Eric Bieniemy, and here's why: Eric Bieniemy is an offensive coach. That's why. That's why the Jets hired Sala, because they have good defensive line. They have good linebackers, and they have a couple good DBs. They don't have good offensive weapons for Eric Bieniemy to develop. They don't have a good running back, and some would argue they don't have a good quarterback. That's not Eric Bieniemy's bread and butter. He's not wait, a defensive coach. Wait, are you arguing that who doesn't have a the good Jets. quarterback? The Jets. Oh, oh, okay. All right, sorry. I zoned out. I thought the we were Jets. talking about the Texans. Yeah, no, like, okay. So whoa, the Texans whoa. have a good quarterback, right? Everyone agrees that Deshaun Watson's incredible. He's probably okay. leaving. Do you want maybe, else? maybe, I but but a lot of the contention about Deshaun about Deshaun Watson why he would leave would be because that the Chiefs aren't aren't or because they're not a, interviewing Eric Bieniemy or considering Eric Bieniemy or hiring right. Eric Bieniemy. So if they hire Eric Bieniemy, probably Deshaun stays. Is maybe. is the is the vibe that I think a lot of people have. And but I don't think Eric Bieniemy wants that job because their running backs suck. I and mean, they don't have draft picks. I mean, the Chiefs' running backs weren't good when Eric Bieniemy came here. Sure, but he was the running back coach. 
Okay. I just, I just think that as a head coach, the the Bills organization, I mean the the Texans organization with five draft picks next year, and I think like only five or six the following year, not a good spot for your first head coaching job. I actually believe that Saul is a really good fit for the Jets, actually. But I just I just don't think the Texans are a good spot. They've shown to be very poorly run. You can't trust them to hire a good GM. Uh, I th- I think Eric Bieniemy just stays with the Chiefs. I don't think he should take it. I unless unless Deshaun is 100% in on board. If if something comes out that Deshaun Watson says I'm 100% staying in Houston, if Eric Bieniemy is hired, then yeah, take the job. You're doing you know future probably top five QB. <coughs> um, you you can win with that. Sure. You can find a way to win. Deshaun Watson, Kenny Stills, you can find a way to win. But unless that if that doesn't happen, then I I wouldn't take it. Yeah, it's it, it was probably I, I think we all talked about this. I think the Texans have probably the worst situation anybody could come into. Obviously they've got whatever the hell's going on with the general manager or the motivational coach speaker thing or all that weird stuff yeah, and owners that didn't even listen to Deshaun's like literally like I want you to interview the one person I want you guys to interview is Eric Bieniemy and they didn't Eric interview Eric Bieniemy and then Deshaun Watson's like okay then I'll then I'll just leave and now they're like okay we'll interview Eric Bieniemy so maybe if ownerships like that and they can't actually listen yeah there's there's a lot of reasons that this Texans job's not a not a good fit but man at the same time with Deshaun Watson and Eric Bieniemy's offense. You know, and who, uh, how how much of Eric Bieniemy's offense it'll be? I mean, it, it'll how much how much of Andy Reid's offense Eric it'll, Eric Bieniemy's offense will be is you know left up to question. But right now, I guess what what allegedly I I I had heard about Eric Bieniemy going here is that the issue right now is that he wants partial control over players like acquisitions and such, and that's been a hang up for them, and so. Maybe if if Eric Bieniemy can also get some some amount of player acquisition rights, and depending on what kind of offense he can he can run, you know, obviously you can draft a good running back in the third round. We've learned this over the years. Stop yeah, wasting yeah, your early sure. round picks on running backs. Uh, and if you have Deshaun Watson, there's a lot to work with. You've got a great left tackle that you. That's the reason you trade away all those left all those picks and things like that. I. It's not an awful job, but if Deshaun Watson isn't there, it's a terrible job. If he still is upset and leaves, but I think hiring Eric Bieniemy would do a long way to keeping Deshaun Watson, and I think the Texans know that. And but there's also some people that do say that Eric Bieniemy is waiting for the perfect opportunity, and why wouldn't you wait for the perfect opportunity? That you're the offensive coordinator of the Chiefs, you know it's. You're, you just won a Super Bowl. There's a good chance that you've got another shot at winning another one this year if Mahomes plays this weekend. Mm-hmm. And you've got the best quarterback in the league with a great running back and a great head coach to work for and stuff like that. So I get why Antrim, you would force don't your forget. way out. Right. And also, don't forget that everyone on the Chiefs staff seemed to love Mark Donovan, the person who's controlling all of those people whose names you just spoke, who right. controls all their paychecks. Yeah. Everyone's, everyone that works for the Chiefs front office – seems to think that the Chiefs are just one of the most well-run organizations ever, and they keep all their dudes happy. Yeah. Hell, they gave the uniform guys ring. That's kind of – that's not very common. No. So if you're Eric Bieniemy and you're sitting in this super cushy job, hella job security, everybody mm-hmm. loves you, 
You get all the free barbecue you want. Never have to pay for a meal in KC. That's true. If the job's not perfect, you're, you're not going to leave. No. Um, good point. But, yeah. So, at the end of the day, should he take it? I think he should. I think you're more leaning towards he shouldn't. I think if he gets all the things that he wants, if he gets to Sean and he gets partial player control, I think you should take it. And you know, because at the end of the day, it's hard to find a good. A, it's the best quarterback of all the head coaching vacancies. It's the worst everything else of the head coaching vacancies, but it's the best quarterback for sure. Well, yeah, I just if this if Deshaun's confirmed staying, then he should take it. If not, don't. Right. Yeah. All right. Let's get into the official playoff game previews. We'll do our uh, we'll do pre-off we'll do the playoff game previews. We'll talk about each team a little bit and then we will go into the uh, actual prediction for the game. And we'll start off with the uh, the game that's actually first. The both these games are on Sunday. The early game is Green Bay Tampa Bay and the late game is the Kansas City Buffalo game. So we'll talk about Green Bay Tampa Bay first. Tampa Bay is traveling to the Green Bay Packers. Uh, they have to go to cold Lambeau. I haven't checked the weather yet. Hold on. Let me check. Let me, Green Bay, Wisconsin. Wisconsin weather forecast. Sunday. Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo. Snow showers. 30-degree weather. Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo. That fares well for Green Bay, man. Yeah. Yeah. That's a classic uh, Green Bay playoff I'm gonna, game. I'm going to Google something real quick. Okay. But... Obviously, this is going to be build. You know, all these are all these matchups this weekend are about the quarterback matchups. Uh, Aaron Rodgers versus Tom Brady. Uh, Tom Brady's. I mean, literally, if he wins a Super Bowl in Tampa Bay, there may never be another argument for the goat because he did it in two different places. Yeah, Manning did it in two different places, but Manning won two rings. Tom Brady's going to win seven. And win two in two different spots. That's, I mean, that would be insane. And this Tampa Bay team did beat the hell out of the Green Bay Packers earlier this year. But uh, I think Rodgers threw like two pick sixes. He at least threw one pick six and an, another one that got returned pretty deep. Also, Rodgers had probably his worst game of the season. Uh, you know, Brady looks good. Brady's putting zip on the ball. He's you know, we talked about Drew Brees and Philip Rivers and those guys' arms at time look shot. You know, they had to they had to do the flea flicker to James Winston so somebody could throw it down the ball, throw it down the field and right. stuff. But man, I don't I think Tom Brady's arm looks great. It honestly, as much it's so funny because the reason that everyone dislikes Tom Brady is because he's he's a little bitch on the field. But what makes it worse is off the field, he's not. He's actually like a nice guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he does it a sucks. lot of positive it's, stuff for his community. He's nice on. Tw- he's a great Twitter follow, by the way. Very funny. And yep. so, and that's why everyone hates Tom Brady because he's a jerk on the field. He still plays well, and off the field, he's a nice guy, and that just makes it worse. But also, right. with that being said, uh, yeah, he looks good, man. Yeah. Uh, obviously, uh, Green Bay's offense ranks first in the league this year in points scored. Defense ranks 13th. Uh, Tampa Bay's offense ranks third in the in the league this year, and the Tampa Bay uh, defense ranks eighth. So actually, this this weekend features one through three of the top scoring defenses and the uh, top top scoring offenses, and the and the team that's outside the top four is the Kansas City offense. Which, by the way, yes, some hubris is that. 
Buffalo Buffalo has the second ranked offense. We'll talk and we'll talk. Sorry, I don't want to tell tales out of school. Buffalo has the second ranked offense. They scored fifty six points in the last week, while while Kansas City scored twenty one, and uh, that moved them past week the seventeen. Chiefs. Right, week 17. week 17. In week 16, these rankings were a lot different. Uh, Kansas City was uh, in the top four, and so it was it was different. But Also, I couldn't find any information on uh, on cold weather versus warm weather, weather teams. Uh, there was one that was a Raiders post complaining about travel distance in 2019. Okay. Um, and then there was a Green Bay blog about uh, playing in cold weather, and I, I couldn't I couldn't find anything solid. I mean, you know, it's always it's always one. Oh, those Florida boys don't like you know. It's not like they're from Florida. Those guys come from wherever and they play wherever. You know, right. it's yeah. I mean, like, it'll be cold and there's from, like Michigan and Ohio State. <laughs> right, and you know those guys who are in Green Bay, half of them were probably living in a warm state three to four years ago. Yeah, and they go and yeah, and and once the season's over, newsflash, they're going back to that warm state. (laughs) Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna you know on Wednesday after they clean out their locker, they're gonna be they're gonna be down in Texas or California getting getting some sunshine. So, so this weird myth about cold weather. Nobody likes cold weather games, even the cold weather teams. Nobody likes them. So, don't worry about it. Um. that being said, Owen, who do you, how do you think this game is going to go? Can you lay out so, like give me the roadmap? How is this game playing out this weekend? So, so I'm going to start with the NFC, obviously. Um, right, we'll talk about Rogers later. Yeah. Rogers is dealing with some fire in his belly. He's going up against the person that he should have been in his mind because he's played better in terms statistically over I these mean, last couple of years. I test wise too, yeah, for sure. Right, so he's going to be coming out angry. Uh, his team's really good. He's got Devontae Adams. He's got Aaron Jones, who's an absolute monster this year. Um, and they're also going against another Jones that would look really good this year, and Ronald Jones uh, with mm-hmm. the Bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, I honestly think that the Buccaneers have the better receiving core, especially with uh, uh, Antonio Brown coming back into form. But I think that with like Zaire Alexander for Green Bay, that Green Bay actually has a better defense. And I think that we're actually en route to seeing – the Buccaneers' corners exposed again. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think Devontae Adams is just going to expose him again. Uh, they're the dude who gave up, gave up six of eight for one sixty guarding Tyreek Hill. Uh, locked down Michael Thomas apparently. So, and that's not because Michael Thomas is bad. That's because Drew Brees didn't have it. Yeah, uh, I, yeah. I just I see Green Bay moving on, man. Uh, I I think they're too complete of a team. Even if they are one receiver heavy, I think that. Green Bay is one of those teams that also uses like three tight ends effectively. Uh, so yeah, so I, I see Green Bay moving on like twenty-eight, uh, actually more like thirty-five to to twenty-seven. I see this being a higher scoring game. Well, and this is the time to mention that that weird stat about the number one offense in the league each year is that they rarely do they go to the Super Bowl and they and they haven't won it in years. It's been a long time since the top Super Bowl, right. since which, the top team. We should in the frighten league is. you if you're Green Bay because those NFL things that are trends, they're trends for a reason, and they tend to repeat themselves. So yeah, I'm, I'm still, watch I'm, out, I'm still looking for the top offense, the last top offense who won. I'm sure somebody, I'm sure somebody somewhere knows. I don't, I don't have it in front of me right now, but yeah, I mean that's. Oh, it was the New Orleans, New Orleans Saints, 2009. That was the last top with offense Drew Brees. To, <laughs> with Drew Brees. That was the last top offense to win. It was 2009 season. 
Drew Brees won with the top oh with the top offense. They have like a league. top. That was like one of the only times that Drew Brees had like a top ten defense. Right was when they won in two thousand nine. Uh, that sounds right. Let me see. The no. Chart Party did this. If you're unfamiliar with Chart Party, I, I encourage you to look them up. But uh, it tends to be that the teams that teams need to be top ten in both categories to win the Super Bowl. He did not have a bottom ten defense, but he's he was ah, okay. it was it was okay. he number twentieth ranked defense. Ah, I but, see. but what do you think, yeah. Truman? What do you think about this game? I, man, you know, I have written down here. I have Green Bay twenty-one, Tampa Bay seventeen. <sighs> Thinking about the top offense stat again, it's it's such a dumb thing. There's no reason, you know. There's no rhyme or reason, right? They, they don't run out of steam or anything, and it's it's one of those things where is it causation? Is it you know, correlation or causation. Correlation, or is isn't, it... correlation isn't causation. Right. And it's... So, it's uh, like, for, for example, on that, it's like more babies are born when croc sales are high. Right. Those numbers correlate. That doesn't mean croc sales influence birth. Right. <laughs> and I'm not sure being the number one offense influences your way to win the Super Bowl. I don't know why that would hinder you, you know? There's no... There's no obvious reason there. They don't run out of, you know, it isn't like they've run out of steam by the time they get there and stuff like that. So, at the same time, it's like, but also, Green Bay getting the shit kicked out of them earlier in the year worries me for Tampa Bay because Tampa Bay, you know, while they did have those two pick sixes, they also kept their kept the foot on the pedal and and you know still beat the crap out of them. It wasn't just right. those two. They didn't win by seven. You know, it was they won by like thirty or so. Uh, so, oh man, I have written down Green Bay 21, Tampa Bay 17 and Green I, Bay has Truman, looked, has looked great. Yeah. I just think that Green Bay isn't going to make the mistakes that Aaron Rodgers isn't going to throw those two picks or was it three? It was three picks, right? For Drew Brees, three, right? Oh, man, but the, but, but the Tampa Bay defense is the best defense this weekend. Sure. And that's fine. I just, I find it, the Tampa Bay still needed the Saints to make those mistakes to win that game. Still. And you want to know, Tony Romo said it was going to be Tampa Bay, Kansas City. <sighs> Fuck it, dude. That'd you know nice what? Though. I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. Let's go. <laughs> uh, let's go. Let's go Tampa Bay. I'm, I'm going Tampa Bay. Fuck oh, it. Man. I'm, I'm all can't. on Green Bay. If Green Bay wins, that's fine. You can talk shit on me. That's fine. I don't really believe Green Bay's going to lose. But Drink just because, just because all the dumb stuff going into this. Fuck it. Yeah. All right. Give me, give me Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay, twenty-one, <laughs> Green Bay, seventeen. No, I'm kidding. He's putting expletives in my chat. He's I'm sure, I'm that. sure. Green Bay, <laughs> I, I know. Green Bay. It, it takes Green Bay shitting the bed. It takes a lot of things to happen for this to happen. But fuck it, fuck it. I've talked myself into it. Give me to give me Tampa Bay just to piss <laughs> off Num King. Uh, and then okay, so let's now let's move into the Kansas City Buffalo game. Uh. Buffalo, Kansas City. Kansas City's offense ranks sixth in the league. Again, we talked about whatever happened there. Uh, defense ranks eleventh in the league. They did give up. They also gave up like thirty-eight points in that final game or something like that. Uh, yeah, yeah, Buffalo. Buffalo's offense ranks second in the league. Defense ranks sixteenth. Obviously, the narrative for the Chiefs is will Patrick Mahomes play? If he does, then it seems like an absolute slam dunk win. If he doesn't, then it's you know slam dunk the other way probably. If uh, for the Buffalo Bills, it's if Josh Allen. Josh Allen's red hot and the defense is playing well, and he has the whole city of Buffalo energized and probably the whole nation cheering for him. I think we'd be silly to say that we're that we 
aren't the villains here. The Chiefs are probably the villains. You win a Super Bowl, you go, again, third straight AFC Championship game. People are kind of getting tired of Chiefs fans, for sure. And uh, I don't care that you're tired of Chiefs fans. But I do think probably America's probably rooting for Buffalo. And that's fine. I got no problems with that. But I but it, it ain't like the it ain't like the Patriots where everybody will be like, God damn it, if, if the the Chiefs won ruins my whole day, you know? It, I, like it like it would with the Patriots. But I do think the whole nation's mostly rooting for Buffalo. Uh Owen. Give yeah, me Yeah, so I'm currently I'm currently looking. This is a little bit out of date spreadsheet. But I was looking up just offenses versus defenses and times that teams without a top 10 defense have won the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And it's actually a lot more than you think. Yeah. So oh. you just you, you way, just have to have a competent defense. You don't have to have the best defense. Defense well, is mean, a way to do it. But the Colts on Peyton Manning's first, they didn't even have a competent de- defense. They just had the best offense. They, right. had, they had the 25th defense against those Bears with the second rated defense. Um, uh, two of the last seven though have been number one defenses. Um, so defense does seem like it wins championships. But well, yeah, that's, just, yeah, that Seattle Seahawks one, and then you have the Denver Broncos one, right? That's the right, thing. exactly. And but I, those, I just don't those think are also Bills defense is good enough to stop Andy Reid. I think Andy Reid can scheme right through, right? Even if Mahomes is out. So I think if Mahomes is in, I'm like Chiefs thirty eight, Bills twenty four. I mean. And if, th- and if and if he's out, I'm going Bills twenty four, Chiefs twenty seven. I I really I really do. I wow. I really think Chad Henney can repeat his performance against the Chargers against the Bills. I think the Chargers actually have a better defense. By the way, yeah. If you go back and look at that game, the Chiefs were cutting right through the the Cleveland Browns defense. The Cleveland Browns defense had no answers for the Chiefs. They were going to absolutely slap them. I mean, the Chiefs had had like six possessions had scored on. Five of them and missed a field goal on the other one. They hadn't punted yet, and yeah, I don't Harrison think they Bunker were going left to punt. Four points on the board, so right, and I don't think they were going to punt. They might have. Did they? I think they might have punted after Mahomes went out. Maybe. Yeah. Well, they punted with eight minutes left and never got the ball back. I mean the Chiefs, but. Oh yeah. Yeah. At the end of the day, I don't think it. I I, th- I just think Chiefs win, man. I'm, I'm a Chiefs homer. I just think Chiefs win. Okay. I think I think honest, Chad Henney's knocked off the rust. He's played this playoff game. He played in that last. He played um, the last week of the season. I think he's. I think he's fresh. I'm biased, man, and I understand that. But I just can't. The Chiefs are destined, man. We're running it back, man. We're running it back. They're going back to the Super Bowl. Just yeah. Book it. Yeah, because even if Mahomes isn't in, I think this team rallies around Mahomes. And Dude, Sammy Watkins and Clyde Rochelle is back. We haven't even seen playoff Sammy yet. We're yeah. not even we're not even ready for Sammy exposing a safety. And the absolute Travis Kelsey already exposed one that was really good, mm-hmm. and Ward. Yeah. Oh, and the absolute wait. wild card of this all is that if Mitchell Schwartz comes back, oh, oh. my, oh baby, oh my. Chad Henney with time. Yeah. Time. Okay, so with Mahomes, give me thirty-one twenty-one. Without Mahomes, give me Chiefs twenty-one twenty. I like it. That's some beautiful predictions. All right. All right. I'll drink. Right I'll, drink play of the I'll, week? I'll drink the Chiefs Kool-Aid with it. Yeah, I'm ready for Dom's play of the week. Give it to me. All right. It's really obvious. Is it a damning uh, or a doming play? It's, it's, a, it's a damning play. Can't fumble that ball home slice. I don't care how low uh, uh, Dan Sorensen's helmet is. Yeah. Uh, but this obviously in, context- in contention with uh, Drew Brees' interceptions, but I think this is the one that really changed the game. 
you absolutely cannot fumble that ball in the back of the end zone. Mm-hmm. Can't. Bill can't Belichick has the game. rule that you can't even extend it, and apparently Wiz, uh, Stefanski has it too, and they still and they still ex- extended it, and it and it lost them the game. One hundred percent. Can't do that, man. That's my well, that's my damn end play of the week. Can't fumble that ball. Is, yeah. Right. I'm with you. I like it. Uh, Steen spotlight play of the week. Uh, also a nice and easy one. Give me, give me that that madman, Chad Henney. I loved it. I loved Chad Henney's mad dash. I literally, that was the first thing I said. It was like, oh, oh, it's like his mad dash. Chad Henney's mad dash. He's around that end. Couldn't be stopped. Rumbling, bumbling, stumbling, fumbling. Just kept on yeah. going, man. I, I, all oh. I can remember, Truman, is that, you know, we were, uh, I had the game on TV and you were watching on your computer. We were all at Discord together. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember when I watched that play. Uh, obviously, I was 40 seconds ahead of you guys uh, right. due to the channels, but mm-hmm. I just was completely silent. He went around that corner, and I was like, <gasps> and I also remember the same thing from you guys in the Discord watching it. No one was like, oh, you idiot, or oh, go. Everyone just <laughs> held their breath. Yeah. And then he got to close to that first down marker, and everyone was like, yeah. Right, because once he came around that end, just because of the camera angle, you're all holding your breath because you could not see anybody. So there could be somebody standing right there at that 15-yard marker because we also can see the first down line. So there could have been somebody – there could have been three guys standing there running full speed at him, and we had no idea he was there. Or they're 20 yards downfield, which is about where they were. And by the way, if you go back and watch that play, I saw an all-22 of it today uh, from the side, and it might be something to look at, but I think Demarcus Robinson might have got away with a quick little tug, a quick little hold there at the end, by the way. I – I'm going to go back and look at it. Shit run blocker Demarcus Robinson might have held. I'm I'm telling you, it looked like he like blocked him. And then it looks like he full on just grabs the shoulders there at the last second real quick to allow Henny to get in there. I'm just saying it's worth a shot. It was awful. And you can tell Demarcus Robinson looked for the refs and was like, and like, I'm like, I'd go back and look at it. It's just something that I saw. I couldn't see a great angle of it, but. Wisniewski also looked for the refs on that 73. Mm-hmm. He also looked for the refs on that. No, play that's too. Al- that's Allegretti, seventy three. Oh, Allegretti also looked at the refs on that play then. Yeah, a little bit. But I, I didn't. I, honestly, I didn't see any holds uh, from the offensive line on that play. Right. I, I've watched that play a billion times. People were like, "Oh, look, Fisher held," and I checked, and I was like, "No, no." But they say that anytime a defensive lineman throws up his arms, it's the Tom Bahali conundrum, right? Where oh yeah, yeah. We yeah. always he thought Tom Bahali was getting held, but what Tom Bahali was doing was he would take the offensive lineman's arm and throwing up over his head. But when he was doing that, he'd throw his arm out and try to push that arm over his head, and it just looks like he's getting hold, held. But, you know, he put the arm there. He's he, You can't put yourself into a hold, you know? Right, yeah. Except by beating. Well, yeah, so, obviously yeah. spotlight play of the week. This Spotlight player of the week, you know, and, and the absolute balls by Andy Reid to call that fourth down play and Chad Henney to execute it well. The absolute balls on this Absolute Chad play. Just a Chad play right there. A Chad Poggers Henry Henney play. Yes. Okay. Anything is possible. Anything is possible. Okay. That'll do it for the football stuff. Let's get into our top five of the week. And we got a little special one for the AFC. And I'm actually surprised we haven't done this one already. This is, I feel like, an easy ranker. But uh, give me, Owen, your top five Disney animated movies oh yeah okay so just to preface this we didn't do any of the live action movies so no like uh enchanted or 
you know, Max Keeble's big move or, you know, any of those Disney movies that are technically Disney movies, but not oh, yeah. animated. We just stuck with Disney Pixar. When you first said Disney movies, I was about to hit, I was about, I was going to slap you with Remember the Titans is number one. Because <laughs> everybody's like, oh, fuck, that is a Disney movie. Easy, number one. Yeah, right. But yeah, so uh, I have actually four honorable mentions because these movies are too good to uh, not be stated, but they don't make my top five. Yes. Okay. Okay. And that's Zootopia, Tangled, Up, Good. and Monsters U. All of those just absolutely fantastic movies, but they actually didn't make my top five. Wow. I know. Wow. I know. I, so it, and number, in my number five spot, it's a movie, probably the Disney movie that I've seen uh, more than any other Disney movie. And I have, to, I have to include it just from pure watch time. And, you know, it might help that I've had a bunch of little siblings and a little sister. It's Cinderella. Seen oh. Cinderella thousands of times. Really? Thousands of times. By the way, Cinderella pioneered the choker. Did you know that? <laughs> yes. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Cinderella was the first one to wear a choker. Just okay. go back and look uh -huh. on it. I know. I saw it. I see it. But yeah, I'm a number five spot, Cinderella. Seen it a billion times. Uh, number four, one of the original really good ones, uh, Nemo. So, okay. uh, really like Finding Nemo. It was, my fourth spot was going to be either that or uh, Monsters, Inc. And I, I just think that uh, the original Monsters, Inc. And I think Nemo just slightly edges it for me. Once again, one of those movies that I've seen a, lot, uh, a thousand times. Uh, number three spot, Toy Story 3. Uh, loved Toy Story 4, thought it was great, but I thought Toy Story 3 was an almost perfect movie. I think I've heard um, that from a lot of people. Is that because three was like a trilogy that really wrapped up well, and then four was right. like, okay, now we're starting a new story, and it's not bad, but you know, it ain't, it ain't. I mean, yeah, I, I like Toy Story four. I thought it was really good. I thought it was also a really good ending, but I just think Toy Story three was really good. Mm -hmm. uh, number two, you have to have the uh, the Incredibles in your Disney movie list, the original one. Also seen that thousands of times, mm -hmm. and it's up there. Mm -hmm. And my number one, this has always been my hottest take. If anyone tells me what my favorite animated movie is, if you know me personally, you'll know me to have say this every time. And that's Treasure Planet. What's not to oh, like yeah. about pirates in space, man? Oh, pirates yeah. in space. With hoverboards Treasure Planet. And, and ships with rockets in space. Interesting. <laughs> Treasure Planet is number one. I know that's my hottest take. And a lot of people going to be mad at me for that. Yeah. But Treasure Planet is goaded, Trump. It's right. goaded. All right, run me back he to the top five. A hoverboard. Very cool. Never <laughs> seen that in a movie before. Yep. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's on Netflix. You should look it up. Or it's probably on Disney Plus now, I guess. Yeah. All right, run me back through your top five. Yeah, so I got Cinderella at number five, Nemo at four, Toy Story at three, Incredibles at two, and Treasure Planet. Nice. Nice. Treasure Planet number one. Very interesting. I don't know the last time I saw Treasure Planet. I think I saw it once. I was like, wow, that's bad. And I never it's watched it. It's literally Treasure Island in space. So I might need to rewatch it. We'll see. I don't. Muppets Treasure Island is the best version of it. So I don't want to tell you. I, I don't know. You lost Treasure Planet, like in space, dude. You ever seen? You ever seen Muppets Treasure Island? Haven't. You haven't. You haven't. Admittedly, I haven't. So. Incredible. Best Muppets film. Okay. Um, all right. So, um, I have one honorable mention here, and it's Inside Out. If you're uh, someone who's moved away from home also once you're an adult and you moved away from home that movie hit that movie hits different just a bit that movie hits a little different did it hit you did it hit you Truman? just a bit that hit you, you know any you know this, tears i don't think any any fell but you know you, you swell up a bit it's fine <laughs> it's fine swell up a tad but yeah for sure um 
you know, yeah, I was just gonna watch, like, it was like a Friday night, and I was like, just gonna, like, or like a, like a Thursday or a Tuesday night, and I was like, all right, cool, yeah, yeah, I'll just watch this movie, you know? I was like, damn, you really got me crying in the club on Tuesday. Um, <laughs> all right. My number five movie, uh, you mentioned it in your honorable mentions, Monsters University. And honestly, I didn't think many people respected this movie a lot. I've obviously got the hoodie, the uh, I've got the Roar Omega Roar hoodie. Obviously, those were the bad guys in Monsters University, but I love those colors. It's just a great look. But I honestly, I think it's better than Monsters Inc. One. I think it's and two, and I think it's I think it's just a better vibe. A Monsters Inc. Two. I thought there's a Monsters Inc. Two. Maybe I'm confused. Let me look it up. Mm, yeah, you might have to double check me on that. Like, I think it was Disney so bad that it got sequels when people don't know. Like Atlantis two, by the way. Uh, Lion King two, Lion King yeah, one Lion and King. a half also both got Lion King totally one and a half forgotten. Is funny, but uh, yeah. Lion King two is terrible. Yeah, right. And and one and a half isn't like cinematic masterpiece either. It's, but. Right. Right. Okay. That being said, uh, Monster University number five. I think it's better than the original. Number four is a little uh, is a little less known. I won't be shocked if you haven't heard this movie. Uh, before but it's the aristocats i've heard of it i actually haven't seen the aristocats though i know it's, a lot of people like it, it it's oh we we rewatched it lately it's it is good it has some scenes that do not stand the test of time as there is a siamese uh -oh. cat that says that has some not great features about him and sings some not great songs and i think there is like a uh, it's supposed to be Hispanic cat as well. That is like, okay, that's kind of stereotypical Hispanic <laughs> stuff from the 60s. But other than that, there's really, it's it's honestly a great, it's a nice little fun plot. It's pretty short too. And, you know, one of those original ones that even right. the animation still holds up pretty well. And I think it's a fun adventure. And it's it's pretty fun. And also has a nostalgia factor. We watched it a lot when, I, when we were kids growing up. Yeah. One sure. of those tapes we had. Um... Number three, you said it. It has to be on everybody's list. The Incredibles. Number three. I love it. It's a good one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a, yeah, definitely, definitely a great film. Incredibles 2 is pretty good. It's just hard to put. There's no reason that Incredibles 2 is much better than Incredibles 1, even with, you know, the 20 years off they took. And the fact right. that the, the animation was so good back when they originally released the Incredibles and things like that right. also is very impressive. And it's just... It's very funny. The animation was very ahead of its time. It has a funny plot that gets funnier as an as you're an adult and stuff like that. It's one of those right. movies. The jokes, and, the jokes are more funny. Like the God conversations. Busy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The uh, the conversations that you know, like Mr. and Mrs. Incredible have. I thought about this just the other day. Just how funny it is. Yeah. <laughs> when they're flying back from the island and Mrs. Incredible is holding the whole plane together and. He, Mr. Incredible leans out of the van and goes, How you doing, honey? <laughs> and, and she goes, Do I have to answer? Like, that is Perfect. hilarious. Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Are you winning, son? Uh, number two is another classic that we talked about, The Lion King. I think that's a great yep. film. Uh, as somebody who is the only son, you know, you got that little special connection to your father. It's a, it's a you know... Holds a little special little place. And then, you know, I also had a father who was murdered by his uncle. So it was, it was kind of cool that, you know, very relatable to me. I'm just kidding. My dad, oh, my dad is also an only child, which just makes it even funnier. <laughs> but, uh, you know, so, but yeah, you know, it's, it's also, you know, think about discovering yourself and walking your own path and all that stuff. You know, there's a lot of good things to watch about it. It's, you know, it's just a great, I think it's a great plot. It's, 
uh, I think it's the plot of what Hamlet or something else is right. Yeah, it's Hamlet. It's yeah, Hamlet. and but again, I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, and my number By one. By the way, uh, Monsters University was Monsters Inc. too. There wasn't a. There wasn't a Monster. Inc. Okay, maybe that's where I got confused. Okay. It's fine. You're good. Yeah, but uh, my number one is one that you mentioned that you haven't seen, and that I said that you need to see. And my number one is actually Coco. It's actually one that came really? out lately. Okay. Yeah, it's very good to go watch it it's an interesting i mean you learn a lot about uh like dia de los muertos the uh you know the day of the dead uh yeah you know i think a lot of people and even in like spanish classes in america i think you learn that that's well you learn it's kind of about honoring your ancestors but they also treat it like it's also supposed to be scary so they don't really dive into the family part as much and then you get into the family part that they cover in coco and you're like oh so that's what that's a that's what that's about and you know you're like oh that's more what that actually is like and it was the original songs are very good right. uh they released a whole separate version in in, in spanish and wow. you know there's just there's so, there's so many great things about it that there's beautiful animation great plot very funny it's you know it, again it's got some of those adult jokes that kids don't catch but you know it's great uh, so yeah, yeah Coco's so Coco uh, number one. So actually, the reason uh, with I've uh, you know Spanish mm, minor mm, learned a lot mm. about Spanish and Hispanic history. Mm. Uh, so the reason the way they dress up, it's kind of like a combination. Dia de, de los Muertos is his own thing, but it's also kind of a, a Halloween, uh, you know, like step brother as well. If they're related right. but not the same. Right. So uh, on the Day of the Dead. Uh, all the Hispanic families dress up. The reasons they make all the skull, you know, makeup and wear all the costumes mm -hmm. is because because on the Day of the Dead, your the spirits of your ancestors come back and right. they communicate with you. So the good spirits are good, but the bad spirits are bad. Right. And so that's why they all dress up like the dead, so that the bad spirits don't harm you. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. But yeah, I mean, but that's, you know, kind of a fun concept that we don't really do in America, you know, as have a day to just remember your ancestors who have passed and offer them, uh, you know, thanks and tokens and gifts and things like that. I think that's a cool way to honor your ancestors. I think that's a great holiday. Oh, it's uh, a super cool holiday. And it's, it's a great on my bucket list. And it's a, and it's a great movie. Um, so yes. So number five, Monsters University. Number four, Aristocats. Number three, Incredibles. Number two, Lion King. And number one, Coco. Solid list. Solid list. I'd like to also put out there that if we were going music only, my list would have gone one Tarzan and two uh, Spirit, Stallion of the Cimarron. Have you seen that one? I have not. It's the one about a horse in the Wild West, but uh, I recently learned this just the other day. Hans Zimmer does the music for that movie. So it's very good. Suit. Yes. Um, all right. That being said, let's wrap up with our pop culture minutes. But before we do that, Owen, where can we find you at? You can find me on uh, twitch.tv slash domination7 and twitter.com at domination7. Both spelled the same way, and it's D-A-H-M-I-N-A-T-I-O-N-7. Nice. And, of course, I've been Truman Steen. You can find me at twitch.tv slash steammachine or twitter.com slash steammachine. Uh, we also do a food podcast on Mondays called Grub Buds. If you're more into food and weird news, we covered uh, the new Truly Tea Seltzers. And it was a longer podcast because we drank six 
alcoholic drinks in an hour and a half, and we had a lot to say about it for sure. And uh, you can listen to it anywhere that you're listening to this podcast right now. Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, either way. Both are both are great places to find it. Uh, but yeah, I think that's it for me. I think that's about all I want to shout out. Um, oh, you want to take us through your pop culture minute? Yeah, so I actually got a hot take for you guys today. Oh, okay. And, um, is it, is it, it about Treasure Planet? I know it's surprising. It's actually, uh, it's actually about trail mix. Oh. So, uh... By the way, Kirkland Van Trail Mix from Costco or Sam's is the one. best trail mix. Yep, yep. Okay, so, but that's not my hot take. I was thinking about this the other day, and what's my favorite part of trail mix, Truman? I think... M&M's? I know this is going to be hot and spicy. Oh, no, it's not the, M&M's. It's not M&M. I think the raisin is the best part of trail mix, and here's why. Because the raisin traps all the salt and flavor from the cashews the almonds and the peanuts and has the sweetness it's the, the sweet it's you get the super sweet and salty taste from the raisin and uh that, that's my argument for why the raisin is actually i know it's a hot take but i think the raisin is the best part of trail mix. yeah and i think it's kind of one of those weird things where because it's dehydrated and it's trying to get rehydrated i think it seals in a lot of that trail mix flavor but also, as an adult, you realize that the only, like, because as a kid, you're like, oh, this part of trail mix sucks. Oh, this part of trail mix sucks. Oh, this part of trail mix sucks. I only like the M&Ms or the raisins and stuff. As an adult, you realize, oh, you should take the whole handful and put it in your mouth. Right. So that way, that's right. how it's meant to be eaten. Do you also right. know that they call trail mix gort in other places? No, never heard it called that. My girlfriend, girlfriend from Chicago, calls it gort. She has oh, a good man. gort recipe. It's because those people up in Illinois and Michigan have weird names for stuff. Like, or it's like, what is it like? People from the North Island and in, uh, in Michigan, from the North Peninsula, are called like yuppies or something. Or like Gort is a weird, maybe more salty trail mix. I don't, yeah, just look weird. up, look up Gort. If I think if you even Google Gort, it's like trail mix. All right, I'll give it a peek because I actually saw somebody was like Gort memes on Twitter or something, and I was like, what the hell is Gort? But that would actually make sense. Yeah, make up. Is it? Hold on. Now wait. Now I'm. Wait. Is it? Wait. Trail mix. Hold on. Now wait. Hold on. Other name. Is it not Gort? Gorp with a P. Gorp. That just leaves me with more questions. Yeah. Literally, if you Google Gorp, it on the side it says trail mix. So, yeah. It's weird. But. Okay, so I just looked up trail mix other names. There's also Scroggin and Schmoggle. Dude, you're Scroggin' my no balls, way. man. You're Scroggin' my balls, man. <laughs> All right. All right, I am uh-huh. now calling trail mix Scroggin from now on. <laughs> All right. Uh, my, my pop culture minute this week is actually about Chiefs fans in general. Chiefs fans, Ooh. it's time for us to embrace it. We all are feeling it right now, right? Nobody wants you to win. Everybody hates us now. Nobody's cheering for the Chiefs anymore. That fun story, it's over. Patrick Mahomes is still, it's, it, we're, we're okay because Patrick Mahomes is so fun to watch. But talk your shit, man. It's, it's the time to be angry. It's the time to be mean. It's the time for somebody to say, well, I think the Bills are going to win this week. And you say, no. And they say, why? And it's like, because the Chiefs are the best team in the league. And they say, well, that's not an answer. And you say, well, go fuck yourself, bud. Doesn't matter. Doesn't have to be. <laughs> we have Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. I don't have to have an answer outside of that. It's the same thing Patriots fans said. And they say, 
oh, the Chiefs fans get all the calls from the refs. We know that's not true. And I think I think as after, once you reach this point in the league, I think you realize that maybe every fan, every team that loses just thinks that they got screwed by the refs at some point. And because, like, you know, we also think we got screwed by the refs at some point. Obviously, Mahomes kind of got pulled down by his neck. That could have been right around a horse collar also. Um, but, you know, you reach that point where you can't complain about the refs anymore. And if somebody says the refs are paid, you just say, that's not true. We just beat you. And we don't have to explain it to anybody anymore. You are the, We are the best team in the National Football League. And I don't care what anybody else has to say. I really don't. You can, you can be annoying. And, and, and now if somebody posts, if somebody says something, it's like, well, I still, well, the Bills still are, you know, better fans or whatever. Just, you can, you can do that thing that they always do with the Tom Brady Super Bowl rings gif. And just post like a Patrick Mahomes gif ho hoisting the Lombardi trophy. Absolutely fantastic. Who cares? I don't care. Be annoying. Be the bad fans. It's fine. We are the villains now. It is time to embrace it. And you know what we're going to do this weekend? We're going to absolutely crush the story of the Buffalo Bills. The most fun story this year. The city of Buffalo is rallying around Josh Allen. Josh Allen's such a fun kid to watch. Don't give a shit. We're going to absolutely demolish that team. We are going to kick the shit out of them. And we're gonna, and everybody's going to be so mad at us. They're going to say, wow, the Chiefs are back in. Who could have seen this coming? Doesn't matter. Fuck them, dude. We're the Kansas City Chiefs. We're the best team in the league now. It's time for us to be annoying. I don't care if we were annoyed by Patriots fans all those years ago. It does not matter anymore. It is all about the Chiefs, baby. The Chiefs are the best team in the National Football League, and it is time to start acting like it. Don't apologize. Be annoying. Be ignorant. The Chiefs are going back to the Super Bowl. They're winning the AFC Championship game this weekend. Patrick Mahomes is going to play. Owen, do you have anything else to say? Yeah, post the uh, the Daryl uh, DeBarrel just destroyed your entire franchise meme. Personal right. favorite. Also, the uh, the videos of uh, Brittany Mahomes, uh, Brittany soon to be Mahomes screaming. Also, also two of my personal favorites to annoy people. Oh yeah, and and uh, Sports Center even uh, Sports Illustrated, sorry, posted a photo of Chad Henney diving in black and white and put it on that building that they put the LeBron mural over in Cleveland. Oh Absolutely fantastic. The amount of Cleveland fans that were really mad underneath that is so damn funny. And it's just, it, it's so great. Because then you could go in there and say, cry more. Just comment under it and say, cry more. Doesn't matter. You're Kansas City Chiefs fans now. You are better than everybody else because your team is better than everybody else. And they're never losing again. I'm here to say it. I don't think the Chiefs will never lose another NFL game ever again, especially after they win this AFC Championship game to go back to the Super Bowl. I've been Truman Steen. That's been Owen Dom. We'll see you next week to talk possible Super Bowl matchups maybe, or it'll just be talking about the NHL.